Hello, everybody. This is Gerald Salenti, and it's Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. Happy Valentine's Day. Are you allowed to say Valentine's Day anymore? Maybe we should uh, happy transgender day, Valentine, yeah. whatever, you know. Let's make something stupid up. Judge, we got Judge Andrew Napolitano on. Judge, thanks for being here today. And pleasure as I to keep be with saying, you. No matter what day it is, it's a pleasure to be with you, my dear friend. Well, thank you. As I keep saying over and over and to everybody everywhere, there's not a person in America that really knows the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, as the judge, former Supreme Court judge in New Jersey uh, and professor, uh, and then Judge Andrew Napolitano. And each week we go over a lot of what the Constitution and the Bill of Rights used to be <laughs> and where it's gone down the toilet. And, and Judge, you have an article coming out tomorrow, Government and Death. When the German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche proclaimed that God was dead, he meant that God's creatures have so failed to acknowledge him and relate to him, it is as if he decided to end his own existence, meaning he reminded the world that the loss of virtue can only be sustained from the bottom up, not from the top down. He meant for all power the financial and government elites have, none of these values impulses would prevail were they not accepted by the majority or a determined minority. He made these observations in, 1980, in 1886 during a time of relative peace, but little freedom in Europe. His sentiments are just as valid in America today, where there is neither peace nor freedom. Well, the country is falling apart. Uh, we know that. The Senate debated and in the cover of darkness in the middle of the night voted overwhelmingly uh, to send $98 billion to Ukraine, Israel, and, uh, and Taiwan. One of the senators, uh, Chris Van Hollen of uh, Maryland, a liberal Democrat, stood on the floor of the Senate and said, the Israelis are war criminals, but I'm voting for this bill anyway because they're our allies. They're oh. not our allies. Ukraine is not an ally. We don't have treaties with either country. The turmoil in either country does not affect American national security one whit. Rand Paul gave a, a gifted and strong speech against all this, but the vote was overwhelming. It was like uh, 22 to 78 or something uh, like that. It was more than <clears throat> enough to allow this to happen outside of the normal uh, Senate uh, rules. Now it goes to the House of Representatives where, of course, uh, uh, President Biden has been pushing uh, very hard for it. Um, it turns my stomach uh, that the American uh, government can uh, finance genocide in the name of the hardworking taxpayer uh, by borrowing money in the uh, taxpayer's uh, name. And... Um, it turns my stomach that uh, we bow to government. Somebody asked me uh, uh, this morning on a podcast, Victor Davis Hanson of um, Stanford 
says that uh, we need stricter controls at the border. I understand that argument. We need people at the border to swear that they understand the Bill of Rights. Oh, really? We don't even have a government that understands the Bill of Rights. And you want minorities that can't speak English to understand the Bill of Rights? How about starting with the government? The Bill of Rights doesn't grant our rights. It restrains the government from interfering with them. And it's doing a pretty lousy job because the government has turned the Bill of Rights into a Bill of Governmental Privileges. All right. Bill sorry for getting carried away. <laughs> the Bill of Rights into, what did you say? A, a, a Bill of a Governmental bill of Privileges. Temporary Government Privileges. Yep. You know, I want to go back to this because it's so important what Nietzsche said is that the world, the world that lost a virtue, he reminded the world that the loss of virtue can only be sustained from the bottom up, not from the top down. As they say, the fish rots from the head down. And but we the, got rotten the, fish right at the top over there. My argument is that people accept the loss of virtue and expect the loss of virtue. The government doesn't stand for virtue. Its laws are not based on virtue. Its laws are just based on power. Like, let's borrow $61 billion and give it to Ukraine. They're on life support, but let's waste the money anyway. Let's borrow $17 billion and give it to Israel on top of the $6 billion we've already given Israel. They are slaughtering innocent babies, but let's give them the money anyway because we're under pressure from APAC and other members of the uh, uh, pro-Israel lobby in the United States. You can't call that virtuous. That's just power. That's power destroying. That's power stealing, lying, and destroying. Nietzsche also said, listen, I'm not a fan of his. He was crazy. But Nietzsche also said everything the government has, it is stolen, and everything the government says is a lie. Uh, both statements are almost literally true. The stolen is absolutely true. The, the second is, for the most part, true. Even a stop clock is right twice a day. Occasionally, the government says something that's not a lie, but for the most part, it is filled with lies. You write here that Thomas Jefferson argued that the only moral purpose of government is to protect individual rights. And that's all gone. Correct. It doesn't exist anymore. Correct. You say the government, which is an artificial entity based on a monopoly of force in a geographic area, may never morally interfere with our rights unless we waive them. And that's exactly what's happened. There's no fight anymore. The people have waived their, they, they, they've waived their rights. You get this little clown boy like a, like a, a Chucky Schumer with his glasses like this so telling, you know, what we should be doing in Ukraine and Israel. And like you say, all these other politicians, anybody that supports war, go over there and fight or shut your mouth is the way I look at it. And again, as you said, these, this has nothing to do with America. This isn't a, this isn't a threat against the United States. We have no right being involved in this kind of thing. But you mentioned how much we've given Israel. It's well, it's almost like, um, I believe, like almost a half a trillion dollars since since they were founded. I think. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. You know, Joe Biden uh, 
He's such a pathetic figure, but he claims to be uh, opposed to the slaughter in Gaza. He could stop it with a phone call. With a phone call. There are there are three of those huge, I forget what they call them, uh, transport planes that the government uses when they're bringing heavy equipment over. They don't carry passengers. They just carry this heavy equipment. Three of them arrive every day at the Tel Aviv airport. Now, Joe could stop, literally alone, could stop that uh, with a phone call, but he doesn't. Supposedly, he's had these arguments on the phone uh, with Netanyahu. You know, Biden's pathetic. Netanyahu has forgotten more than Biden knows. And Netanyahu's a monster. But I don't know what the good the arguments do uh, if, if we still keep sending this stuff over there. We are funding and financing genocide. Under international law, that makes us as culpable as the people who are actually with their hands committing or with their words ordering the genocide. Joe Biden is as culpable for genocide as is Bibi Netanyahu, as are the young members of the IDF who are engaged in it. Scott Ritter told a story yesterday of uh, uh, the, the IDF cutting down three people on the street and two ambulance drivers waved to the IDF and said in Hebrew, we're just going to go pick them up and see if we can save their lives. The IDF waved them to go on. So as they got out of the ambulance to uh, approach the uh, bodies, which were still alive at that point on the road, the IDF slaughtered them with machine gun fire. I mean, this is just a uh, typical and horrific and I think you have seen, and it's all over the place this morning, probably your viewers have seen pictures of former director of the CIA and former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo dancing with IDF murderers, joyfully celebrating their slaughter. Yeah. You know, to show you how the media is so controlled by the Israeli I guess forces, you may call them. This is the front page of Tuesday's Wall Street Journal. Inside Israel's daring hostage rescue. Oh, great. They rescued two hostages. That's wonderful. How about, was about 114 Palestinians were slaughtered the same day? Yes. Why isn't that the headline? How come that's not the headline? Day after day, it's only pro-Israel. Nothing, nothing, barely about the outright slaughter of these people. Again, I, I just came up with it. They should not call it the New York Times anymore. They should call it the Jew York Times. Because that's all they're, pro that's, that's all they're promoting. And, and again, in your Trends Journal, by the way, did you see the cover of this week? I did. Netanyahu's total victory equals total genocide. It's right in front of everybody's eyes. And you have in your Trends Journal, week after week, all of what's going on with the media and how it's totally controlled by Israel they won't allow anybody into Gaza. They've killed nearly 100 journalists so far. You know, guys have their press thing on, you know, blowing them up, blowing them up in front, just like you said what they did with these two kids, uh, with the ambulance drivers. Right. Killing them right in front of everybody's eyes. And where's the media? There's no, nobody's on the media coming out against this. 
You're blacklisted. And, and it's only getting worse. And right. so here's what I think is going to happen. They're going to, they're going to ramp. Israel's going to ramp this up. They're going to start attacking Lebanon. They're going to escalate the attacks in Syria. And next is going to be Iran. And when Iran gets into this war, that's going to be the official beginning of World War III. Well, we'd have a hard time uh, providing military uh, assistance uh, 7,000 miles away from the U.S. We, we can't. We can't do it. I, I don't, you know, Joe Biden would probably do it on his own without a declaration of war. The Congress is corrupt in, in that it will do whatever uh, APAC wants it to do. Yeah. It'll be a very, very sorry uh, state of affairs. Uh, McGregor and Ritter tell me that uh, Ron is a substantial, substantial military with uh, substantial missiles uh, and, uh, and weapons. And the Israelis would be uh, crazy to attack Iran, but that's what uh, Netanyahu wants, and that's what he's provoking over there. When those three uh, unfortunate members of the Georgia National Guard uh, were killed by a drone at that Tower 22 place somewhere on the border between Jordan uh, and Syria, three people killed, 42 injured. Joe Biden responded with 86 different attacks killing dozens and dozens of civilians. Collective punishment is expressly uh, prohibited by the uh, Nuremberg Convention. Nobody follows the laws anymore. No American president feels constrained by the Constitution. They do whatever they want. The lust to kill uh, overwhelms them. The lust to kill. Uh, on, on all the American uh Paper currencies in God we trust. What God are they talking about? Hmm. You know, this article of yours again. What are mass killings but a metaphor of government violence? Mass killings are not the blame of, of weapons, but an illicit government repressing a helpless, defenseless citizenry. And here's what you say. And by the way, this is part of what Occupy Peace is. Bring the troops home. How many bases we got, Judge? More than a thousand. The last time I looked it up about four years ago was 903. Now it's over a thousand. The Congress isn't even aware of all these additional bases built by the uh, Defense Department. Leave NATO. You go back to the Trends Journal going back oh, well over a decade ago. No need for NATO. We have no business with, with any of this anymore. They built that thing as the illusion that we've got to fight the Soviet Union, right? Right. Which is gone. Here we go. Shut our 1,000 plus foreign military bases. Shrink the defense budget. Well, it's only near a trillion dollars when you put, you know, but, well, why shrink it? I mean, the country's rotting in front of you. You got homeless everywhere, migrants, crime rising, rotted infrastructure, people living paycheck to paycheck, and you want to cut a trillion dollars out of the defense budget? What's wrong with you? And then you will also go on to say, sell the Pentagon. Yep. 
expect folks to defend themselves using the same means as the government uses. Starve the federal government down to only what the Constitution permits. Abolish income tax. Again, a little warmongering freak. Woodrow Wilson, he's the guy that gave us the uh, federal income tax. Would you say it was a 1%? It, he promised it would never be over 3%. It started at 1%. By the end of World War I, it was over 90%. I mean, he gave us the federal income tax, the Federal Reserve, World War One, the administrative state, um, popular election of U.S. senators, which gutted state sovereignty. Just a uh, person who turned the Constitution on its head, really. And then you have base all laws on natural rights. And this is important. Recognize state nullification and secession. I believe there's going to be a secession movement in Texas. Would be a fabulous uh, if that were if that were to happen. I don't know how the feds would react. I don't think it'll be a violence again. They may they may threaten it, but it will be immensely popular on the part of uh, Texas, and it may trigger it in Florida and New Hampshire and elsewhere. Now, you know, I, I, a dear friend of mine, may I rest in peace, Thomas Naylor, started the uh, Second Vermont Republic. And it was making a lot of, lot of progress back in, in, in the early 2000s, but up, to, up until he died in 2012. Now, if there was a secessionist movement, it's totally legal. Is that correct? Well, it depends how you uh, how you look at it. One way to look at it is joining the union was a voluntary legislative act which can voluntarily be undone. Um, the big government people claim it's irreversible and the union is permanent. There's, there's no law that says that. There's just the opinion of people, Lincoln-like people, uh, who believe that uh, seceding from the union is a crime. Thomas Jefferson, who wrote the Declaration of Independence, James Madison, who wrote the Constitution, both believed the safeguard of our liberties is the right of nullification and secession, the right of a state legislature or a state court of last resort to nullify a federal statute within the state or the right of the state to leave the union, that only an external threat external to the federal government would restrain the federal government. That is clearly what was understood and accepted by the framers when they ratified the constitution and formed the union, they could undo it. In fact, secession was threatened from the very moment the constitution came into being when five of the states said, if you don't add a bill of rights, we're leaving. And the other nine said, well, we don't want you to leave, so we'll add the bill of rights. What does that mean? They all accepted and understood that they had the right to leave. It so wasn't until Lincoln started murdering people boys because they're uh the elected public officials in their states wanted to leave that the concept of permanence even entered the american parlance so it is legal to leave of course it's legal to leave it's and that's absolutely moral uh to leave you have the right to leave the government because states can leave the union a county can leave the state a city can leave 
leave a county, you and I can say, we don't want your government anymore. I don't want your benefits. I'm not going to pay for it. I'm not going to abide by your rules on my property. If you can't leave, you have no freedom. You know, Judge, in wrapping up, you know, you and I, of course, we began very supportive of RFK Jr. And then we both did a 180 because of his stance in Israel and mockery in what he, when he speaks, are really stupid, as Max Blumenthal and Norman Finkelstein ripped him apart, two Jewish guys ripping him, him apart for the stupidity of what he talks about when it comes to Israel. And now his campaign is in total chaos. Uh, people are quitting left and right. And, and they had that stupid ad on uh, the Super Bowl uh, bringing up, you know, you thought that his, his, his uncle was running, you know. Do you know what they paid for that ad? Seven million. For 30 seconds. And he's, he's done nothing this week but apologize for it. Seven million dollars. According to Mediaite, again, according to Mediaite, they, they don't always say nice things about people we like or, or bad things about people we dislike. Uh, his campaign's falling apart. Staffers yep. are leaving in droves, in part because of lavish spending and, and total uh, disorganization. It's run by his daughter-in-law, who's a former uh, CIA agent. Used to be run by a good friend of ours, but they threw him out, and he's now back in Ohio running for Congress again, even though he ain't a youngster. (laughs) He's my age. He's 77. God, I thought he was older. (laughs) You know, and so last time we were together, you you believe that the next, they're they're going to not run Biden, and you believe that... uh, Michelle Obama might be the pick. Well, you know, you you and I had a long talk about this the other day. I don't know who it's going to be, but um, Biden's numbers are so bad and his his, uh, mental capacity is so diminished. I would think that senior Democrats, including Michelle Obama's husband, would be talking to Joe about going back to Rehoboth and putting together some sort of a dream ticket. I don't know who it would be. It wouldn't be a dream ticket for you or me or the people no. watching us now, but it might be a dream ticket for Democrats and independents to stop uh, Donald Trump. That's their goal. Unfortunately, because I can't stand the Nobel Peace of Crap Prize winner, Obama, an arrogant little boy. He lied his way into the presidency during the Iraq war and said uh, he won the Nobel Peace Prize. And then right after that troop surge in Afghanistan, destroyed Libya, destroyed Syria, uh, quoted in a book, Double Down, I'm really good at killing people with all these drone strikes. And so if if Michelle Obama gets in there, I believe she'll win because the young people will go out and vote for her, the women will vote for her, and the blacks will vote for her. That's all. That's all. And then the base of the Democratic Party, that's all it will take, no that's matter all. what Trump uh, does or how appealing... Uh, he might be. So again, we're still on the course of destruction (laughs) and uh, I don't know what's going to change it, but if we don't, you know, empires come and go. Do you like the Roman empire? No, the Egyptians were great. Now have one after another, they just, they kill themselves. 
because yeah. of the wars that they keep fighting. And the and debt that, that they incur. Yep. The debt. It's only $34.1 trillion. Right. And what they just passed, you said, almost $100 billion, stealing more of our money, taxpayer money, to keep bloodying the killing fields. Yes. This is not the America that we grew up with, that we were taught about and, and believed in. And it's so sad to see it decline. And Judge, thank you for all that you do in the name of freedom, peace, and justice. It's an honor to have you on. And we're looking forward to seeing you next week. And everybody, don't forget, go to the judges. The people he has on are terrific. Judging freedom. There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. The guests that you have are terrific. You're real men and real women. Thank you, Judge. Thank you, Gerald. Uh, until next week, all the best.